The very first podcast I ever listened to was called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, and I was immediately hooked. Now, to be fair, I'm a longtime listener of audiobooks, so this content delivery format, this audio format, is one that I've enjoyed since it required inserting cassette tapes into my car's tape deck. But before that, I used to love listening to late-night AM talk radio even. But when I got my first iPod back in probably 2007 or so, everything changed. Suddenly, I had all of the audio content I could ever want, and it was in my pocket whenever I had a few minutes to listen. I've been an avid podcast listener ever since. Today, I have about 35 different podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis, and the topics range from science to business to food safety to fountain pens for some weird reason. I don't even like fountain pens, but I enjoy listening to a fountain pen-based podcast And all that is to say that when I decided it was time to commit to a regular content marketing schedule, podcasting was my top choice. So I created a plan to launch, grow, and manage a podcast of my own. This is the Tiny Course Empire podcast, episode number 56, and today we're diving into podcasting. We're going to talk about how I create this show, what my goals are with it, how I manage it today, what equipment I use, what mistakes I made in the beginning, and most importantly, how you can get started with your own podcast if that's your goal. Now, before we get started, I want to give a big welcome to you if you're new here. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast app of choice so that you don't miss any future episodes. Next week, we're going to talk about how to validate your course ideas. If you've been thinking of creating an online course, but you're not sure if your idea is going to sell, you're going to want to listen into that episode. As for this episode, you'll find the show notes, the transcript, and all the resources and links that we're going to talk about over at tinycourseempire.com forward slash 56. All right, let's talk podcasting. I think it's really important at this point to say that my goal with this podcast, with the Tiny Course Empire podcast, is brand awareness and marketing for my existing business. Content marketing is an important strategy for any small business owner, and some people like to blog, some people use video marketing, some prefer social media. I happen to like podcasting, so I've made it my content marketing channel. My intent is to use the podcast to reach a wider audience through organic search. Now, that is very, very different from creating a podcast as a business. My intent was never to run ads or earn a significant income stream from this podcast alone. My intent is to use the podcast to reach a wider audience. Like I said, it's the content marketing piece for my business. That is not the same thing as a show like Entrepreneur on Fire, for example, which is John Lee Dumas's daily interview show. In that case, the podcast is the business. It's the primary revenue driver through ads and paid interviews, where my primary revenue comes from course sales, not on this show, which I don't have ads, so obviously no revenue there. Okay, so with all of that said, let's talk about how I planned and launched this podcast how I keep it going, and what I think you should do first if you're thinking about starting your own show. 
Now, first, I'm a podcast listener. We talked about that. I've been a podcast listener for a long, long time. I think this is critical if you're going to create a podcast. If you don't truly enjoy this content style as a consumer, you're probably not going to love it as a producer either. Now, I'm going to assume that since you're listening to this show, you do enjoy listening to podcasts. But I've had clients come to me in the past and ask me about starting a podcast. And the first thing I always asked was what podcast did they listen to? And if they weren't podcast fans, I always recommended that they either start listening to podcasts or choose a different content channel. There is just so much to be learned from listening to successful shows. And that's exactly what I did before I launched this one. I chose my favorite business-based podcast that I listen to on a regular basis, and I deconstructed them. I paid attention to what they were doing and how they were doing that. And this is not the first time you've heard me talk about this type of education. It's one of my favorite things to do when I want to learn a new strategy is to deconstruct what other successful people are doing. And that's exactly what I did when I started my podcast. I made a list of my favorite shows. They included Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy, Brooke Castillo's The Life Coach School, Michael Hyatt's Lead to Win, The Membership Geeks, all great shows that I enjoy listening to week after week after week. I decided on my show format based on what I like to listen to. So it's a teaching format rather than an interview show or a conversation style. All of my favorite shows follow that format, so I knew that's what I wanted to do as well. There's a common bit of advice that anyone who writes fiction has probably heard, and it's to write the book that you want to read. I think the same thing is true in podcasting and probably in all other forms of content too, if I'm being honest, but make the podcast that you want to listen to. So that was my goal from the beginning, to make the podcast that I would love to listen to. Then from there, I decided on my show's focus, which is course creation. That's why it's called The Tiny Course Empire. Next week, like I said, I'm going to be talking about course validation, and I used a very similar process to validate the focus of this podcast. Creating courses is a popular topic for my audience. It's what I'm asked about most often, and the courses that I create about course creation are consistently my best sellers. So as a podcast focus, course creation was a natural fit. Once I knew what my focus was going to be, I followed some advice that I first heard from Kelly McCausey way back when she was teaching podcasting. This goes back a long time. She doesn't teach podcasting anymore. But following her advice, I created a big list of show topics before I ever fired up the microphone for the first time. Creating consistent content is really important to me, and I think it's critical to your success no matter what content format you're choosing. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to run out of steam midway through the year. I wasn't going to run out of things to say. And if you're on my email list, you know I email daily and I rarely run out of things to say, but still it was a concern and I wanted to make sure that that wasn't going to happen. I think I initially brainstormed maybe 40 or so topics. Most of them, to be honest, have never made it into a show because other ideas come up that seemed more relevant or maybe more timely or just more fun. But it's still helpful to know that I have that list of ideas to fall back on if I'm ever stuck for content. 
And of course, I've added to that list over time as well. So I quite often find new topic ideas out in the wild, or I think up new things, or I dream up new things, or somebody asks me a question that sounds like it's going to make a great podcast topic. So that list continues to grow over time. Next, I hired a voiceover artist on Fiverr to do my intro. Remember those favorite podcasts that I listened to that I talked about? Well, I wrote my intro. I scripted it out for the voiceover artist based on what I liked about the intros that those other shows were using. So I kind of used that as a framework. I used it as a template that I could create my own intro based on. Then I did a search on Fiverr for podcast intro or something similar. You'll find a lot of voiceover artists on Fiverr, you know, whether you want a man or a woman or whether you want somebody with an accent or somebody who sounds American or whatever you want, whatever you're looking for. You want somebody funny, you want a deep voice, you want somebody serious, anything you want is available on Fiverr if you just do a search. Then I listened to a few of the people who came up in the search, and I finally chose a woman whose voice I really liked, and I also chose one who did the music because I didn't really know what I was looking for in terms of the length of the music clips that I needed or what usage rights was I looking for, so I turned that over to her. I told her what type of music I preferred, And then she sent me three clips to choose from. I picked my favorite and she took care of the rest. I didn't have to worry about that. Then the next thing I did was create my podcast artwork. That's the square graphic that you see in your podcast player. I created a few versions of this in Canva and then I asked for input from my audience and I finalized it based on their recommendations. Next, I hired somebody to do the setup for me. Now, normally, I'm a pretty techie person. This is the kind of thing that I would just do myself. But in this case, I wanted an expert. There's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, this is something I'm only ever going to do once. I don't need to know how to set up podcast feeds, right? It's not something that has to be done over and over and over again in my business. I don't need to know how to do it. I just need it done correctly one time. So it wasn't worth my time to figure out all of the ins and outs of creating a podcast feed. Another reason that I wanted to hire somebody to take care of it for me is because if I set it up myself and I did it wrong and something went wrong in the process, then I wasn't going to necessarily know how to fix it. And I'd probably have to hire someone to do that anyway. And it turned out that was a good choice on my part because I did end up screwing around with it and I did break it. And I'm not sure I would have been able to fix it on my own or had I not hired somebody to set it up for me initially. And I want to say the person I hired, and I'm going to put her link in the show notes because she was really great. The person I hired to set up my podcast feeds for me did not break it. I broke it myself and I relied on her to help me get it fixed. So those are the two reasons why I chose to pay somebody to set this up for me. You don't necessarily have to do that. It's not that complex, I don't think. I think it's easily learnable. There's lots of information about it online. You can even allow your media hosts to host your files and run your feeds for you. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But in this case, I felt it was worth it to hire somebody to get this all set. And then finally, it was time to record. So I like to create very detailed outlines for my podcast episodes. In the beginning, I went even further than that and I wrote the entire scripts out because I like to keep things really focused. But after about three months, I switched to that outline format just because it's faster and it's easier for me to do. 
Now, most of my episodes are teaching a concept or a strategy like how to start a podcast and offering you tips on how to do something. So keeping all of that organized is really important. That's why I like a detailed outline. I can't be jumping around from one thought to the next because it wouldn't make any sense to you. So a good outline helps keep me on track. It helps keep me from wandering down rabbit trails like I sometimes do. Now, there's a few tools that I use to record, so let's talk about my tool choice and why I chose the ones that I did. The first thing is a microphone. You need a microphone to have a podcast, and audio quality has always been really, really important to me, so I invested in a decent microphone very early on, long before I ever had a podcast. I've had a really good microphone for doing things like recording video. This is not the best microphone in the world. There are certainly better ones. It's not the most expensive, but it's good enough for what I do. And I believe it's good enough for starting your podcast. Now, I use an Audio-Technica ATR2100 microphone. Like I said, I've used it for years. In fact, this is my second one. The first one I had for several years and it finally died on me and I replaced it with one just like it. And that's how much I like this microphone. I'm going to put a link to all of this stuff in the show notes for you guys. Now, this microphone will connect via USB cable right to my computer. And it's really easy to use that way. Seriously, just plug and play. I don't use it that way. I actually use an XLR cable, which runs into a Focusrite audio interface. And the reason I do that is because it gives me just a slightly higher sound quality than you would get from running a USB cable straight into your computer. Now, you don't need to do any of that. You can run your microphone right into your computer. This is just my choice. I also record in Audacity, which is a free audio recording and editing tool. I've also tested recording in Camtasia, which worked, but the audio quality wasn't quite as good. And that's actually a video tool. The reason I did that is because I was familiar with the editing tools, with the editing process in Camtasia. So it was easier for me to edit. I've also used GarageBand, which is the audio editor that comes with my Mac. And there's a lot of other tools out there as well, but I find Audacity to be relatively easy to learn and to use. There is a learning curve, but you can handle it. You can tackle it. I figured it out. I'm sure you can figure it out as well. Now, if I have a guest on my show, which is pretty rare, I record that in Zoom and I set Zoom to record two separate audio tracks just to make it a little bit easier to edit. I host my podcast files on Libsyn, which is a media host, but I do not use their distribution or their website channels. Like I said, I use my own site for that with a plugin called Seriously Simple Podcasting. That's what creates the feed and makes sure that Apple and Amazon and Spotify and all of the podcast directories all know that there is a new episode available. I also use a machine transcription service for the transcript that used to be otter.ai, but lately we've been using a tool called Nuda instead. That's N-O-O-T-A, and I'll have the links to all of this stuff in the show notes. Another tool that I want to look into is called Descript. I hear really good things about that, but I haven't used it yet, so I can't make a personal recommendation. And while we're on the subject of equipment, 
I want to make mention that you can spend a ton of money on this. You can buy mixer boards and recording devices and really high-end microphones that will cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And all of those things have their place, but you do not need any of them to get started. What you need is good sound quality. If your audio is terrible, people won't listen, but you don't need thousands of dollars worth of equipment to get decent sound quality. Back in the day, there was this platform that you could use for podcasting where you called in on your phone and they handled the recording and maybe they're even still around. I don't know. But the sound quality was just not good. Telephone signals just don't make for clear audio. There's a lot of interference and it's just not a good listener experience. Now, you can't have a podcast today that sounds like that. That's just not going to fly. There is too much competition. People will stop listening. I've even heard that poor audio quality will make people stop watching video faster than poor video quality will. That's how important it is to get a clear audio signal. But you do reach a point of diminishing returns in terms of equipment. The sound quality that I have with my setup is far from perfect. A true audiophile, somebody who's listening with studio quality headset and who lives and breathes audio might be able to nitpick it and tell me all of the things that are wrong with my audio. But 99% of my listeners, the people who are in their cars or they're listening with their AirPods at the grocery store will never notice. I could invest thousands of dollars in better equipment, but the upgrade in sound quality will not be noticeable to the vast majority of people. So get the best equipment you can afford and don't worry about it being perfect. And then finally, there's the editing process. I initially did my own editing, but it is time consuming and I get inconsistent results. So I eventually hired somebody to take that over for me, which makes it a lot easier for me to just fire up the mic and start talking. His name is Igor. I will put his link in the show notes as well because he does an amazing job and I highly recommend him. So how do I manage a weekly recording and publishing schedule without it sucking up all of my time? This is a big concern for a lot of people. It was a big concern for me when I first got started. And I'm not going to lie, it did suck up a lot of my time in the beginning. I did spend a lot of time on those first several episodes. But Getting better at it is all about having a good system in place. I do the same things week after week after week, and that's what allows me to have a consistent publishing schedule, which I feel, like I said, is really important. So that starts with the way that I theme my days, and here's what I mean by that. You probably know that I spend Mondays writing emails on Tuesdays, I'm writing podcasts. I'm writing the show outline. I'm writing the show notes. I'm writing content upgrades if there is one. On Wednesdays, I'm doing the recording. As I am speaking this, it is a Wednesday because Wednesday is podcast recording day. Thursday, I spend on administrative tasks. Friday is catch-up day. Any emails I didn't get written, any last-minute things that I have to take care of happens on Friday. Now, I've talked before about how I time block my schedule, so I'm going to link to that episode in the show notes, but it's that theming of the days that helps ensure that everything gets done on time, that every week there's a new podcast episode out for you to listen to. So I write my weekly episode on Tuesday, and I record it, and I send it to Igor on Wednesday most weeks. Some days I don't get to it until Thursday. I'm not perfect. But once I have that recording, I send it to Igor for editing and mixing. 
He inserts the intro and the outro, makes sure that the volume levels are good, takes out any distractions, like when my dog decides that he needs to play with his squeaky ball while I'm recording. Igor also cleans up my mistakes and basically makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about, even if the initial recording is a bit of a mess. And then Igor sends it back to me and I upload it to Dropbox along with the show notes, the featured image, any content upgrade I'm including, and I hand it all over to my husband. He takes care of uploading it to Libsyn, putting in the show notes, and scheduling the publish date so it shows up on your podcast player of choice. We always publish on Thursday morning, and then the following Monday, I schedule an email to let my list know that there's a new episode available. People who are subscribed to a podcast player will already have it, but people who aren't subscribed can still listen on the website. It's a really simple system that we just roll through week after week after week, and the more I do it, the faster and easier it becomes. Now, If you're here because you're thinking about starting your own podcast, you might be thinking, this is a whole lot of work. It's a lot to get it rolling and it's a lot to keep it maintained, but it's really not that much once you get the hang of it. It's like anything. There's a learning curve at the start, but then it gets easier over time. So here's what I recommend if you're just getting started. First, like I said, Listen to lots of podcasts. Identify the ones that you really enjoy and that have a style and a format that you want to follow. Deconstruct them. What makes them work for you? What elements can you do without? What do you want to make sure you include in your own show and what do you not want to do? Then decide on your focus and your show title and create your cover art. Again, look to the shows that you most admire and use their artwork as inspiration. Remember that your cover art has to be readable at a very small size, so long podcast titles don't work really well. Keep it short and keep it focused. Make sure that you have enough content ideas to carry you through for at least six months. I read somewhere that the majority of new podcasters do what's called a pod fade. They fade out, they disappear before the eight-week mark. And the way to avoid that is to have plenty of content ideas up your sleeve before you ever pick up the microphone for the first time. If you're going to have an intro done, and you don't have to, but if you choose to, then you'll need to write the script out to send to your voiceover artist. What about equipment? Do you need equipment? Like I said, a good mic is your biggest expense, and even that can be found for less than $100 on Amazon. I'm going to put the link to the one that I use in the show notes. You can skip all of the other stuff for now. Just keep it simple and make sure you have a good quality microphone to use. And what about the logistics of podcast delivery? How will people be able to listen to your show? You're going to need a media host. I use Libsyn, as I said, and I run the feed from my own website with a plugin. You can let your media host handle that bit for you if you like. That's the much simpler option. It's totally up to you the way you want to make it work for you. Then you're going to want to get super comfortable with your audio recording and editing software. I recommend Audacity. That's the one that I use, but there are loads of other ones, and you'll find tons of YouTube videos about how to use them on YouTube do a search, you will find all kinds of instructions. None of them are really difficult to use. They're just maybe different than what you're used to. So there is a little bit of a learning curve. It's just easier to hit record if you take the time to learn the software ahead of time. You'll be a lot more comfortable. If you're trying to learn the software 
and record a podcast and it's your first few shows all at the same time, it's going to feel really overwhelming. So take a few days to learn the software first before you fire it up for a real podcast recording. Then finally, sit down and record a few episodes. I have heard several times that you should already have multiple episodes in the can, as they say, before you launch your podcast. I did not do that, despite having heard that advice many times. And it's one thing that I really wish I would have done differently. If I had it to do over again, I'd record and release five or so episodes the first week just to get some initial buzz going. So that's what I recommend you do, if at all possible. But here's maybe the most important thing. Don't overthink this. Don't sit and think about launching a podcast for months or years. Don't just plan to do it. Sit down and make it happen. Remember, you can always make improvements. You can always write better outlines. You can always have better audio quality. You can always attract better guests. But you can't do any of those things until you're actually producing a podcast. You have to get past the initial awkwardness, the initial discomfort, if that's what's holding you back, before you can have a show that you're proud of and that brings in new customers to your business. You just have to start. So go and do that. But before you go and start your podcast, I want you to head over to tinycourseempire.com forward slash 56 to find the show notes and the transcript and all the resources that I mentioned in this episode. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. If you have a podcast or you're thinking about starting one, drop me a comment and let me know. And if you already have that show, leave me a link because I'm always looking for new shows to add to my podcast player. Have a terrific day, everyone, and I will talk to you all again next week. If you like what you hear on the Tiny Course Empire podcast, you're going to love all of the courses and workshops and support you'll find inside Six Figure Systems. That's my monthly program where we dig into online marketing for regular people like you and me. We don't do big launches, we don't have the big headaches, and we don't have the big expenses that come with them. Instead, we focus on creating repeatable, sustainable systems that continue to grow over time and that don't suck up all of our energy or require a 10-person team to manage. You can come see what we're all about at sixfiguresystems.com and I'll see you on the inside.